We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. And it is the final episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast before the Knicks play a basketball game that does not count. But that's okay. Who are we to pick nits? Um, Very excited for that. So I'm I'm, I'm teeming with excitement right now. Um, Unfortunately... My usual co-host for these these Monday shows is is on vacation this week, a well-deserved vacation um, after 20 some odd cap or no caps. I'm, I've lost track. Um, he needed a little time to recoup. So Jeremy Cohen, shout out to you. But in his place. Oh, boy. Not only is he the co-host of America's fastest growing niche movie podcast phenomenon, but he is no longer a fan of a winless football team <laughs> because the New York Jets, I, I think, I think I actually didn't, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they won a game today. I was listening. I had to get out of the car when uh, they were on like the one or two yard line in overtime. So I, I'll let him fill me in. Andrew Claudio. Hello. J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, my God, it is good to be here on a victory Sunday for all of you listening a victory Monday, John Macri. And I will go a step further because not only did the Jets get their first victory today, but yes. shout out to Jeremy. The New York football giants got their first victory uh, today. I think I knew that as, as well from our from our text um, chain. I, I yes. think Bernard said something to that effect. OK, both teams won in overtime today. And the oh, Giants wow. won on Dan- Daniel Jones. I may have to eat some crow here. Looks much better than I thought he crow. might. And funny what happens when you have an offensive line that blocks for you. Um, they beat the Saints on the road in overtime. Um, and then just to also give Jeremy some, uh, some a shout out, but also I need to I have a bone to pick with him, which we will later this week. Um, he took a shot at my New York Mets because are you aware what's happened in baseball today? So I'm aware, again, um, only from our uh, text chain that there was the possibility of a four-way tiebreaker playoff so, thing. So right? I'll make this quick because you're all listening to this, obviously, the day after everything was finalized. But we went into Sunday with the Yankees and Red Sox, one game up on the Blue Jays and Mariners. And so if the Yankees okay. and Red Sox lost and those yes. other two teams won, it would okay. be a four-way tie. Um, the Yankees. Um, won one nothing and were one hit until the ninth inning and then scored one run on an Aaron Judge walk-off fielder's choice. So the wow. Yankees won. Uh, the Blue Jays won 12 to four. They ran okay. away with it. So it looked like if the Yankees and Red Sox lost, we were at least going to get a three-way tie. Okay. Then the Mariners decided they were just going to lose to the fourth place Angels and not hold up their end of the deal. So the best case scenario was if the Red Sox lost. The Red okay. Sox were trailing five to one to the Nationals for most of the game. Okay. Eighth inning scored three and the ninth inning scored two just before we recorded. So Tuesday night when we are watching the Knicks preseason opener. 
Yes. There will also be a one game wild card match between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Oh which, my God. Which should be electric, you know? Well, look, I mean, like, as a biased and unbiased observer, I'm just very excited to watch a fun baseball game. However, there is some bias here because a lot of Yankee fans like to throw shots at their little brother, the New York Mets, even though the Mets true. have been to a, a World Series more recently than Big Brother. So I will just for this episode in honor of Jeremy oh Cohen, um, sport some uh, paraphernalia that you guys can look at on YouTube, <laughs> you know. I'm not going to spoil what it is. So good luck. Good luck on Tuesday, guys. I will just say that for anyone out there who is not in the 98.5 or higher percentile of Nick fans that will watch a fake basketball mm-hmm. game before a major, major, major sporting event, especially a New York sporting event. If you want to hear about what the Knicks did on Tuesday night, <laughs> don't forget to tune in to your podcast okay, feed on YouTube there you or, go. or you or watch uh, live on YouTube. I, I mean, I, I imagine the, Baseball game will probably still be going when we're on live afterwards. So you can catch the replay if you want the next time. I think the Knicks tip off at 730 and the baseball yeah. game. First of all, it's Yankees Red Sox. So that game will go until midnight, oh, yeah. most likely. So four hours and the game starts at eight o'clock. So there you go. Um, I have to say my, my mom's husband, John, shout out to him. He's a Yankee fan. Um, I know I have a lot of Yankees and Mets fans in my life. Um I don't really care for any of you. <laughs> I, I, I do love my mom's husband, though. So I'm, I'll, I'll root for the Yankees on uh, on Tuesday night. In all seriousness, as we kick off, well, excuse me, tip off a new Knicks season. Yes. I, I, the Mets kind of beat it out of me this year. <laughs> I, I want all things to change from the top down. I want, you don't important, say. <laughs> I want a port, an important, you want, person you want to burn it down? You basically running the franchise. I want so many names to be gone and so many different names so to you're be at, here next so year. So you're at the point that the that Nick fans were at when Mills and Perry trotted out for that press conference after Very a much so. Okay. Yes. And it's not like it a, down. the way we've been talking about with the Giants where, Gettleman's the problem. Like there's one main there's one problem. Okay. There's a core that they put together that I just think is flawed. And okay. the, like just mix up the core, get some actual talented players here that I think okay. long term will be more successful. Which as we transition, I think the Knicks do have, which should make so, for an interesting preseason. So this is this was an issue. So what we're gonna do today um is Andrew and I, we've not done this. Uh, yet we are going to reveal to each other live our three biggest questions for the, uh, the we're three biggest things I guess we're looking at in the preseason, right? Three biggest um, things we want to see in these four games that don't count. Yes, in the in the four games that don't count. Um, the, you know, so it's, it's a funny off season because you get like you digest what happened last season, but at the same time you're you're so deep into the forest it takes a while to get out into the field to see the trees for what they are. And like, um, then you're like in it with, with draft prep and in it with free agency. And this week I felt, I feel like was the first time I stepped back and I'm like, and two things hit me. One, the Knicks really did a nice job this off season. Like I, you could have your quibble or, or two or what to use a Bernard word. Um, but like they really knocked it out of the park. And at the same time, it's like very reasonable to expect some upward progression from like some of the players already on the roster. Um, it's very reasonable to expect that like Tom Thibodeau carries over something he's done at not one, but two stops, which is be better in his second season than his first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing that, that, so that's all kind of hit me this year. I'm like, man, we really, we're in a pretty good spot. And then the other thing that's hit me is like, no one's fucking giving the Knicks a chance. No one thinks anything of the Knicks. I mean, I, not, I shouldn't say no one. Because, like, for instance, ESPN, Zach Lowe, Tim Bontemps, two guys whose opinions I respect a lot. Both of them are really, I think, higher than consensus on the Knicks. Um, but, you know, RJ was left off another list, which we aren't. I, I really don't want to talk. I, I, I actually am sorry I even mentioned it. Um, but it's just, you know, it's like people look at it and it's like, oh, it's the Knicks. They'll fall back down to earth. And I, I just don't think people have thought that deeply into it. I don't well, know. That's that's the consensus is that the popular opinion amongst the talking heads and basketball experts is regression from the New York Knicks. The under yes. of 41. was it 41 and a half was the most recent well, Vegas over under I saw. It, that's the most recent one I saw. Now, I 
I want to say it bumped up a little bit after they signed Kemba. I that might I could be wrong about that, but regardless, it's uh, the, uh, currently I believe it is forty one and a half. At least that is what I can find on Which, several sites. If that's your, I, it just seems like in the same way that putting R.J. Barrett too low on a list, putting Julius yes. Randle too low on a list, everybody putting out a list, including us, which you could find on patreon.com forward slash Nick's Film School. That's the thing to do right now when everybody's going through their over-unders because, and maybe this is a, a question I have for you. Do you think it's more that there's not enough distance from the LOL Knicks to this new um, seemingly competent version that, like you said, there's there's very little wrong to say that they did this offseason. They didn't overpay for anybody. Like you could say the Fournier could be looked at as an overpay in some way, but a bunch of two for ones and one three for one with the market value contract and Kemba Walker, which if he exceeds expectations physically could be the bargain of the above the offseason. So shout out, by the way, to I think his Twitter name is Crespin. Um, it, he tweeted out something, I think, earlier today or yesterday that surely appears to, it could be fake. I don't I don't know for sure, but it, it surely appears to be a Hawks scouting report on the Knicks before their playoff series. And it had like, you know, the obvious stuff about how you guard Alfred Payton, how you guard Julius Randle or not. Sorry, uh, Reggie Bullock um, throw everybody at Julius Randle. And there was even a little someone RJ about making him finish, you know, with his with his left hand on Fallon. Um, and like, it, I don't even care about the money they spent. And like, it, it's just they they so clearly address their needs. And I think where the I don't want whether you want to say the bias, whether you want to say the hate, the LOL is this of it all. I think it comes from the, the simple fact that people think that there are some teams that are definitively better than the Knicks. And I think those teams are putting aside the the, the um, uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee who are in their own category. I think people still feel like Philly, Atlanta, Miami, those three are better than the Knicks. And I'm not going to disagree with that, actually. I think those three teams are better than the Knicks. And then I think most people are putting Boston ahead of the Knicks, which I, to, the fact that everybody is in that camp is is like, I'm not going to be like, no, you are definitely wrong. The Knicks are absolutely better than the Boston Celtics. I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be that that guy. But at the same time, I'm like, man, that thing went really sideways last season. And then and then. As far as the rest of the East, I feel like everybody has their team or two teams, other teams besides the one I just mentioned, who they're just given the benefit of the doubt to over New York. And I, well, I, I don't think it's anything more than that. I'll save a little bit because next week we're doing our over-unders on yeah. Patreon. So I don't want to hog everything for the Patreon, but uh, I will leave most of my thoughts for the rest of the conference over there. However, like I don't necessarily blame the national media for because I've, I've tried to go outside the bubble and make sure like my optimism about the Knicks isn't just like drinking Kool-Aid, but like Luca Vildoza got released today. And yeah, which was, we, we'll, we'll, we'll mention, mention it. I, like yeah. he got released today and I saw some pushback like that. Like Jeremy said, like, I don't really care that a 15th man got released, but a very tradable contract yes. was let go today. I just I trust his front office because there's no move I can't see the next move like correlating with that they've made so far. So if they're releasing Vildoza, I think they by their calculations looked at it and said we value other things on this team that could get a trade done more than a guy that's got a tradable contract. And this is just for the guys that are going to be in the locker room. They're more important to what we're doing here. I I think overall. My thought is going into this season, like I don't see how they're not one win better. And that's the popular thing is that the Knicks will win, win one, at least one win less than what they had last year, which I don't understand in, in 10 more games. <laughs> right. Like that's the, games, like <laughs> they won 40 games, 41 games last year. And can I push back a little yeah. bit? Like, so the Knicks upgraded their point guard. You could say I, I know you're you're a big Reggie Bullock guy. So was I. No, but, but I, they, they upgraded their shooting. They guard. upgraded their shooting guard. Yeah. I I think the progress the trajectory of R.J. Barrett shows that there's an upward trajectory. He's only going to get better. Yes. They upgraded their bench. Yes. I, I like they've they've gotten better. 
Obi Toppin year two. Right. Like, there's there's multiple, two. like they've added depth to their roster. They're not going to yeah. be counting on a rookie to play meaningful minutes this year. And yet, even if they do, I trust them to develop yeah. that rookie. Yep. So with all that being said, the Knicks at least added to their roster and got better. My Hawks added nobody. Your Hawks. And there's no expectation that they're going to regress. I understand they um, went to the conference finals last year. I understand what they became under Nate McMillan, but they were playing the same watered down teams that were beaten down by COVID that the Knicks are getting no credit for beating last year. Also, like I remember people telling me that my Hawks prediction was off because of what the, the, the schedule that they played, they beat a bunch of bad teams. Well, the Knicks beat those same bad teams and they're expected to regress, but the so, Hawks, Beating those teams and going to the conference finals, like oh, they're for real. We had, we're not expecting regression from them. They're well, the, the forces. Yeah. So the, the fact that the Hawks, like I don't care that the Hawks went. To, I, I mean, I care that the Hawks went to the conference finals. It's an impressive feat, regardless of of what happened with Philly. Or, neither here nor there. It, it doesn't matter as far as what I'm projecting for them next year. But like the Hawks, the Heat, um, maybe not the Sixers because it's such a disaster right now. But like even the Celtics, maybe probably another team or two. Everybody, every one of those teams seems to have such a variance where the there are people out there outside of their own fan bases have a ceiling for those teams. We're like, well, why can't Miami be the third best team in these? Why can't Atlanta be the third best team in these? Why can't, you know, Boston, maybe they, maybe Jason Tatum. And it doesn't seem like there's any, like the people that are highest on the Knicks outside of people in our Knicks kind of content creation bubble, they're high variance for New York is like, well, yeah, I think they could grab a six seed. Maybe they could, you know, grab five, you know, and it's like, whereas to me, there is a world where fuck Kemba Walker comes back and looks like Kemba Walker again, and they figure out the minutes games play thing. And like, you know, Julius Randle kind of does what he did last season. And RJ Barrett gets a little better and quickly like these are not unreasonable things. And then the Knicks all of a sudden are in the conversation for now. I'm not putting them third. They will not. I will not predict them to be the third. But like that is to me, that is not an insane universe. And the fact that they are a a rung lower on everybody's like kind of consensus ladder is it's interesting to me. That's yeah, that's all. I agree. And we uh, last thing I'll just say is like, Anybody that throws injury risk with the history of Kemba Walker and what that could happen. And that's why we're factoring in our, our evaluation that the Knicks are good, could potentially regress, um, whether it be Walker, whether it be Mitch, whether it be Derek Rose, like Joel Embiid has consistently missed 20 games this season. I well, think he's a monster. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if Joel Embiid misses 20 games this year, I don't think there's going to be a Ben Simmons to clean things up. So until unless you're you're thinking <laughs> there the might be over, a, the might be a buddy heel to clean things. Up. Well, if the over of 50 and a half for the Sixers is they're going to eventually trade Ben Simmons, yeah. then fine. But if you're saying as is the 76ers, like don't also have a ton of questions that the Knicks don't have. I just the only frustrating thing I've seen is like it, it doesn't seem actual analysis. It's just a popular thing to say. I heard the low and bond temps comment. I agree with their evaluation as well. I just, the rest of it just seems kind of lazy. And I think we should just leave it at that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, before we move on to what we're actually talking about today, I, I'm just on the Vildoza thing. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, yes, Vildoza was waived. His contract was not guaranteed. So the Knicks are not going to have to pay him a dime, I don't think. Um, you know, it's interesting that they did it this early in camp. They didn't need to. Maybe they were doing a favor to him so he could latch on somewhere else. I don't know. Um, he has not played. It's a foot issue. Mark Berman tweeted out today that it's apparently not just um, uh, maybe is an ankle sprain or so. It's not just the thing that that has been l- listed as keeping him out. He also had like, I guess, some fluid in his foot or something. I, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of two things on it. One. I don't think there's anything to make of this. It's the 15th spot on the roster. There's some fun Reddit conspiracy going on that he was that, like not in a walking boot. There's some Instagram photos. I, mean, of I don't him, care. Like out I just on, that's the thing. It's like I really don't care. There's some there, there's some thoughts that this is more is bigger than just like to, cutting the 15th man. And it was like a message. But there's also could be what you said that, hey, we're you're not going to be part of our future. Well, well, 
cut you now so you can go find another team. What I like about it is Tibbs was, I think, pretty straightforward in his comments in which he was like, you know, being available is a big part of it. And we have guys that are working hard here and contributing to making this team better. And I don't know, maybe that's a little cutthroat, but I kind of like the fact that like, hey, if you're not out here playing and helping us in practice every day, you, I, I'm sorry, you're no good to us. Like, go, you know, and I, I respect that. Um, I think it's 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 part and parcel with the with the mentality of the team. Um, as far as the 15 spot, I know there was some some Wayne Selden love apparently in in the press earlier today. Um, I would still make uh, Dwayne Bacon the leader in the clubhouse. Um, uh, but uh, you know, whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. Do you remember when they signed him? How, Who like oh Vildo- Vildoza? How oh, I do like there are ant- like. Let him play for Alfred Payton in the playoffs. Yes, yeah, so I, 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 I remember that. I remember <laughs> Those people, questions. People were asking it right up until the eve of the playoffs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get to our lists. Uh, let's do it. Age before beauty or? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go first. How's that? Yeah, go for it. There, now, there is one I'm saving that I'm, I'm be stunned if it's not on your list. So the first thing, the number... The first thing, the number three thing that I want to see yeah. this preseason can Deuce McBride crack the rotation in wow. some way? Can he play? Coming I mean, right out with it. I just, I want to see if there's a world where he's just Frank and he's the emergency point guard or, or extra guard. If Rose or Kemba Walker can't play minutes, um, I, I, is he the next man up? Is he going to be the 11th man on this team? Is he going to be used in emergency defensive situations? Will he get some run during the preseason? Is quickly the third point guard? So this is more of a point guard question, but like basically who is the next man up out of the main 10 that we pretty sure all know are going to be the main 10 this season? I I would say that you spied my list because ah, okay we have some crossover but I, good but you but you but you have no access to where i wrote it down because i'm actually doubling up I'm, I'm talking about my three questions in uh the monday Knicks film school newsletter mm-hmm. um my first question is essentially who gets minutes or the thing i want to see is who gets minutes at point guard in the preseason um i have a couple of assumptions you ready i am assuming that we're going to see derrick rose for a game, two games, maybe three, 15 minutes, right? Maybe he plays a half, maybe doesn't play the second, whatever. Um, I'm guessing, assuming we're going to see Kemba maybe a little bit more because, you know, trying to build up that rapport or whatever. At the same time, they may just feel like, you know what, we're, you know, him and Julius and, and well, I guess RJ's not, but like RJ is kind of a veteran in a weird way because he's been around basketball so long. Like Kemba will be fine. Fitting in, I think, to a certain extent. Um, I want to see who else gets the minutes at backup point guard. Like, I <sighs> do you want it to be Deuce? Yes. Why? Who else would it be? Oh, quickly. quickly. Um, wow. Uh, so it's wow. weird because, question. yeah, right now, quickly is kind of slotted in as I guess the backup shooting guard, right? That's kind of what he is. So if, if that's the case and I mean, I look at their backup rotation as more of a combo combo point guard thing where they both can handle the ball. They both can play make and we'll see with quickly and Rose can 
reconnect on the magic that happened last year in all those second units. Um, I guess if you, even if quickly is the backup point guard, I then slot Deuce as the next man up as the shooting guard. You mean the both, backup backup point guard, right? So if the third Rose or Kemba guard. are out, if yeah. if the third point guard on this roster is Emmanuel Quickly, then you look at Deuce McBride as the next man up in my head, and I guess I want to see if this is also in Tibbs's head as he slots in as the backup too, and he and Quickly run the second team in the backcourt. So Tibbs said something the other day to the effect of, uh, I think someone was asking him, it was, it was in response, I, I think, to a question about Obi and Julius playing more minutes together. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not a topic I've ever brought up before. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you wrote about it this week and that we may bring up in a little bit. Um, but he said something to the effect of like, I really liked how our bench played together last year. Um, and specifically, I think he was referring to the Rose quickly Burks top in combination because that other spot kind of fluctuated throughout the year. I mean, it, it was more or less Taj for, for the portion of, for it was really Taj because once, because Rose came and played, what did he play? One game with Mitchell Robinson, I think. So it was by that point, Noel had been starting. It was Taj. Um, you know, that leads me to believe that, I see this is where I, I think things could get kooky. I could see a situation in which Kemba wasn't playing. I could see a situation in which like McBride just goes, this might sound nuts, just goes into the starting five. Oh, I don't see that. You don't I, see I, it. I don't, okay. I don't. Well, I mean, look, that that's a, in the future, potentially down the road in the, in the season, but like possibility. Um, I don't see Tibbs starting a, a rookie at point guard. He's just like historic. So you athlete. think he would start Rose? I think he would start Rose, make quickly the backup point guard and slot either Deuce or, I mean, Grimes is base, is a three. So if you want to put Burks at the two, oh, there you go. Alec Burks could be the two like he was well, most I mean, of last but, year. So that's the thing is they they have flexibility. The, the only thing that's interesting with so again, if either Walker or like, that's why this conversation is a really important one because it's not just games Walker sitting out like Derek Rose hasn't had a season where he's missed. I think probably fewer than 15 games and I, I, or he's had very few of those seasons if he's had any since the, you know, the injury. Um, so there's going to be a lot of games where this is a thing. And the other part of it is, they're kind of thin at the wing. That's the only position that they're a little thin at. And I wonder, I wonder if the fact that Vildoza got cut. And so now it looks like we're looking between bacon and, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Wayne Selden um, as a 15th man, like those are both wings. Bacon could come in. He could, you know, we could put the ball in the basket a little bit. I, I know everybody wants to see Grimes. Grimes had a nice summer league. He finished very strong. But you never know. I mean, Tibbs, obviously, he likes his veterans. I just it, it, very little would surprise me. And I but I do think that we're going to get an indication in the preseason of how Tibbs feels about guys, because don't forget last season quickly didn't play game one, played nine minutes, game two. I believe he played 20 minutes, game three. And then game four, of course, was the start for Alfred Payton in which he, you know, he lit up the garden. Yeah, and that's where, which is lit up the garden in the empty Madison Square Garden last preseason. Um, the that. only counterpoint I'll say to that is because I thought about putting that down as a question: Can somebody have an Emmanuel quickly jump like oh. last preseason? I just Good. I don't see it unless someone gets hurt in one of the first two preseason games. I don't think anybody is going to be say Deuce comes out in game three and four of the preseason because Rose and Kemba are sitting. And it's clear, okay, there's something different here. I think Tibbs is set on a oh, 10. He's, <laughs> that's I'd the result. Sh- I'd know? be utterly shocked. Like, I'm not, that's not even a question for me. Like, the notion that, like, one of the, the 10 guys that we think are going to, like, even if, like, let's say Mitchell Robinson isn't ready on game one, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I think he would just sooner go with Taj and, like, keep the other eight. Guys, this I, I don't think there's any world where those other other eight are, are getting changed. That's a certainty. My only thought, and it's why I singled out Deuce McBride, is that as far as what I want to see in these four games, given that Derek Rose or Kemba Walker take a game or two off, I want to see what he would look like in this rotation. Say Rose takes the third game off, Kemba takes the fourth game off, right? 
And if sure. quickly is the backup point guard with McBride, what does he look like against NBA players with NBA, other NBA players on the court? Yes. And if what we saw in summer league is real, basically. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, listen. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, Okay, so should I, I'll get to my... This is now my second question. This is your I second kinda, question. You get to okay. go... You take it away. So this is... I, I touched on it a second ago in saying that I think Kemba will figure it out pretty quickly because he's a veteran. Julius has been around for a while. Fournier, obviously, he, Fournier played with Kemba last season. Um, my second thing that I want to see is how quickly this offense gels. Hmm. Um, I'm not worried about the defense. Um, I think like Tibbs has proven that if, if guys give him buy-in and just do what they're supposed to do and they try hard, which I don't think that's going to be an issue here. Um, like the defense is going to be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll be okay. I want to see how quickly the offense gels. And specifically, I want to see if the whole can be greater than the sum of the parts. <laughs> phrase my words carefully. I love last year's team. As you well know, it was amazing to watch. It was a genuinely good basketball team. You do not finish whatever they finished ninth in net rating mm-hmm. um, by accident. You can't fake that. You can't smoke and mirrors that it was real. But I do think that that was, well, it was largely based on defense goes without saying, because they finished as the third ranked defense. But I think to the extent that they, drummed up enough offense to be a respectable to good team was more just guys. Like I never felt like there was a a coalescing, at least in the starting unit. I felt there were times when the bench kind of came together and there was some like synergy, I guess would be the best word. But in the starting unit, it was like, okay, Julius Randle is going to be an MVP candidate. And everyone's going to feed off of that mm-hmm. as opposed to like, for instance, Derek Rose came here. I've said this in the past. I don't feel like he ever developed any kind of a two man game with Derek Rose. Like there was hints of a two man game with Emmanuel quickly. Obviously he had a thing going with Reggie Bullock, but that was more don't, like don't Reggie sleep, Bullock. Don't sleep on a two man game. He developed with RJ with those corner threes too. I, you know? but it, it okay. wasn't as, as prominent as what he had with Bullock on the, on the, on the wing, but but that was more you like, know. I'm going to draw attention and then I'll find you and you're going to be ready when I find you. And you're going to be and the, like those guys fired away. And like, that's what really elevated. That was their offense in the second half mm-hmm. of the year. That's why their offense got better. I wanted to, you know, I want a little bit more. I want like, for, like they're going to have four guys out on the court in the starting unit with obviously Randall, RJ, Fournier and Walker who they could all shoot. They could all pass. They're all smart basketball players. RJ is the only one who we haven't really seen the shot creation from, but I think it's in there a little bit. Like, I just want to see where's the balance between, because I, I feel like especially the new guys are going to come in and be like, I want to, like, I'm not looking for my shots. I want to, I want to help the team win. Right. I want to, I want to do what's right for the team. I want to be unselfish. I want to make the right pass. But at the same time, those guys are scorers. So like, you know, Fournier has been the number one guy for years in Orlando. I think he acclimated pretty well in Boston last year, but um, Kemba, I, you know, the guy nearly led the league in usage two years or three years ago, his last year in Charlotte. I just, I want to see how it comes together. And I'm not saying that if we don't see, um, you know, it coalesce in those four preseason games, I'm going to be like worried. But on the flip side of that coin, if they come out and they're like, oh, wow, this thing's humming. Like mm-hmm. I'm absolutely taking that to the bank and I'm going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm really excited. You and I will be making a trip to Jersey is what you're saying. And <laughs> actually putting our money where our mouths are with this over I, of, with our I over mean, under pot. Exactly. Yes. Um, I yes. mean, you, you hinted at it when we opened the show talking about, you know, the Knicks addressed all of their issues. They, they addressed yes. their needs and that scouting report that was on Reddit, like, that was the thing. The way you stopped the Knicks starting five was you you you, you do exactly what the Hawks apparently did. Yep. And the Knicks have now addressed it that Julius isn't the only primary ball handler, or at least the only primary shot creator. Yes. You know, I'd like to see if Kemba is gonna have some isolation opportunities. If you know, 
um, RJ improved on his game last year. And what we saw with Team Canada was somewhat real. Yeah. You know, if Evan Fournier being able to just go get a bucket every now and then, if that's um, more valuable than what Reggie Bullock provided on both ends. Um, yeah, I, I agree with this sentiment. And it's why, like, as a whole, I'm like, we said it during the offseason when the Knicks got Kemba, everything else fell into place. Like, oh, wow, the second unit gets to stay together. Derrick Rose wasn't signed to be the starting point guard. Now everything falls into place. Kemba's yeah. your starter. Fournier's your, your two guard and so on and so forth. And yeah, I mean, that it's not one of my questions, but what the starting lineup looks like and how quickly they can develop a rhythm is, is a gigantic thing I want to see and, and hopefully will see in the, in the preseason level in the regular season, you know, you know, and I just to, to <laughs> like, if you're like, well, obviously they're going to be better, you know, s- sometimes it takes time with teams. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'm sure you remember as well as I do the, uh, after the decision, the, the, the immediate post-decision heat mm-hmm. started at nine and eight, they looked very clunky. Um, you know, and those are two of the, the greatest, but well, one of the greatest players of all time and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh pretty good too. So um, we'll see what happens. What is your second question? So this is strictly a preseason one where I know there will be time to experiment. And we saw it a little bit last year. And I'm sorry to make you talk about RJ Barrett. I would like to see some minutes with RJ in the second unit. I, I just, I, wow. There were I moments. Didn't, I didn't think that's where you were going. There were okay. moments last year where he was your primary guy. And maybe the night that Derrick Rose is off or Kemba's off and Rose is with the starters, I want to see what RJ looks like where he's not just go stand in the corner or wait until Julius sets you up on the elbow. Like wait until we give you a lane so you can try and work on your finishing. I want to see a lineup or some minutes where it's RJ, it's quickly, it's Obi, it's Burks, it's Taj or Sims or somebody at, at the five. I, I want to see a lineup that primary primarily features RJ Barrett. Um, I like it. And this is a preseason thing. That's like, let's it, it, these games don't count. Let's at least see what this looks like. So. I RJ has been in the league two years now. Mm-hmm. I think we've arrived at the place where like, you know, in the NBA, I feel like we always try to make things more complicated than they need to be where it's like, you know, somebody's like a small forward that maybe moonlights as a, as a four. And, you know, the immediate question is like, well, what does it look like if we put him at the five and go like super small or like, you know, you have, um, you know, Zion Williamson, is he a four? Is he a five? Let's put him at point guard, which they did last year. And it looked pretty good. Like we're always looking or people are always look at rightly. So um, for, mm-hmm. for that matchup advantage and with RJ, I feel like we, there were, there was a period of time where it's like, can he play some small ball four? But then what happens if you put him at the one and you have this like jumbo lineup and like he's your maybe not your primary ball handler? To be but clear, I'm not. I'm not saying. No, I know you're like, not. Put him out there and do what do what Jason Kidd did with Giannis in 20. No, 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 15, 16. You know. But I, I just it's just interesting to me that we've kind of arrived at this place now with RJ where it's like he's a two, like he's yeah. a two, you know, and that's fine, and I'm happy with that. I just wonder. <sighs> I guess I'm having, here's my, here's my issue. What does a lineup that features RJ Barrett look like? Like, you know, is it just as like to me in the NBA, when you ask that question now about literally almost anyone, the answer is, Oh, just surround him with shooting, right? Just surround him with shooting, which they could do. Um, and that's fine. And like, you could surround him with shooting in any number of ways. Um, I guess probably it would be with quickly at the one, and uh, Burks at the three or the two, whatever, and then Obi at the four, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. I, I don't know that we're going to, but I'm interested to see it. That's where I'm actually not as sold on RJ's at two. I think, like, we saw him mostly at the three last year. I think he's a wing, obviously, though. Any line, any Fizdalian lineup that thinks RJ it, can play the four, two, three, is, whatever. It my point is, like, yeah. He's a wing, and I think he yeah. can be featured in lineups with a Reggie Bullock. I think he'd be, he'd be featured in lineups with like a pure three. So RJ plays the two. Um, I think there was a a stretch last year, like the Dallas game stands out, where RJ stayed on the floor to start the fourth quarter. 
The Knicks extended their lead to double figures and they only did it out of necessity because Burks was out because uh, I think I don't know if Rose was still out, but I know they were shorthanded for that set, that Memphis game, uh, not yeah. Memphis game, the Dallas game, Dallas game. And I, I, I don't want them to just go to it out of necessity this year. I want to at least while we're in the preseason be like, okay, you're in year three. You've progressed so far in most of your NBA career. You know, you went from a guy that we worried about if you ever hit a jump shot to a 40% three point shooter. Now let's see, can you create your own shot? Can we run the offense through you for at, for stretches at a time? And that's where, you know, I'm interested to see what happens if they do that in the preseason. There's a net. Flying around. My I was face. about to say, what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at the net that's flying around my, and I'm trying to get it. Oh, um, that's, Ky- <laughs> that's Kyrie's spirit animal. Sorry, that was low. That was low. <laughs> that was not low. That was brilliant. Um, so uh a couple things. Um one, I think that we're we're not paying enough attention to the fact that RJ started off so slowly last year because we we look at his year long numbers and like, it's a big jump from his rookie year. If you take out those first 11 games and you just look at the rest, like he's due for, for another jump. Um, but like, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I just want to, I want to see him do some more stuff, which that, can be featured in the preseason in so that, lineups where he's primarily featured. So that's my third question. Mm-hmm. I want to see RJ Barrett. I want to see what's in his bag okay. because for everybody who gets very frustrated about him being left off these lists and you should be, by the way, because he deserves to be way higher on all of these. Um, I just did our, our top 50 for, for Patreon. Right. And I had him 50th. Don't and, spoil it for the people that don't have Patreon. Well, I mean, no, I'm I'm, editing, I'm not it. You're lucky, everybody, that I'm a nice guy. I'm the Jets one, so I'm feeling generous today. But okay. The the point is that like, if you look at it, the the only glaring improvement he made last year from his year long stats was with the three point percentage, and the three point percentage is really what was. Because he he improved points per shot attempt and he improved if effective field goal percentage, but but okay, the reason for both of those improvements was the improvement in three point percentage. He was basically the same player around the rim. Um, again, improve if we take out those first eleven games, he improved over the the rest of the year. Um, but like the same he, the same issues that he had. Um, as a rookie in terms of finishing, in terms of like, again, re- look at the scouting report that was that that was released on the Internet or whatever. Um, I want to see him like, can we get some, I don't know, some niftiness, some craftiness, some whatever mm. um, around the rim, some sorts of finishes that we haven't seen before. Um, and I want to see I'm just going to say it. I want to see some off the dribble threes. Is that I, too much to ask for? It's if anything, if any future for RJ Barrett includes anything that's like what other people have projected for him, like future hall of famer, all NBA uh, selections, um, all-star selections. Um, If any of that is real or exists, then some of that is going to have to start to show up. Um, That's a, I mean, it's a fair ask. I would just push back on like the things he improved just being like, him becoming a reliable free throw shooter, I, I think that's also but part glaring. of glaring. Yeah. No, okay, so fine. The the free th- absolutely the free throws, but just if you're looking for like the big ticket items in someone's this is statistical profile, like assist percentage, um, rebounds for 36 minutes, uh, you know, percent how often he uh got to the line, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like Again, I mentioned the finishing at the rim, like all those things stayed like there were little improvements. But if you're looking for big jumps, like the, the big jump was the three point percentage. Like that was the only big jump. Um, and again, harder to quantify. But I do think and we should not sleep on this. And this is what I really think all of these stupid lists ignore. Defensively, he made a usually mm-hmm. massively. And and the fact that people are just like don't pay attention to defense, I guess, when they're making these things is a little ridiculous to me, but well, that's part of the issue with people that makes these lists is that 
there there's really no stat like even talking to Oz full, for a, a full time. I feel like I do now. Um, I don't hear from him an advanced stat that tells me who's good defensively and who isn't right. Um, yeah. As a result, all these people that are making lists are looking at exactly what you said. Like the jump wasn't big enough. And therefore I'm putting all these other people ahead of him on lists. And the defensive part is in factored in. If you want to say something, cause I, I don't know if this is my third thing, but like who are, will there be a crunch time moment in the preseason where we just get to see what their finishing lineup looks like? And if RJ's guard guarding the primary ball handler, like does he take the Reggie Bullock role of you're going to be playing like guarding Trey down the stretch or guarding whoever Kyrie down the stretch, you know, like that's, that's something to, to see if it happens. Like if I forget they're playing Washington or who they playing yeah. for the preseason game on Tuesday, it's Washington, it's Indiana. It's uh and then it's two games against the same team. I forget. I think they play two games against Washington. We, we okay. should know this. We should. Know um, this. I made a schedule. I'm sure you did. They play I have a schedule. They play, uh, they play Indiana Tuesday. They play Indiana Tuesday. And then they play yes. Washington. Then they play Detroit. And then they play Washington. All right. So who's guarding Brogdon? Yes. Right? That's what you want to see. Who's guarding Brogdon down the stretch? Who's guarding, guarding Beal? Beal, exactly. Um, yeah, I... <sighs> it's, it's funny because, like, again, this is where Tibbs being kind of a traditionalist rears its ugly head. And, like, again, this wasn't one of my questions, but you have me thinking about this, especially in light of, I feel like what some recent Twitter discourse has been about uh, again for the couple of minutes a day that I do get to glance at my feed, <laughs> um, you know, and, and this is not any revolutionary concept. If you watched basketball during the playoffs last year, if you watch basketball in, you know, for the last few years, especially in the playoffs, this is, this is obvious. How, how malleable is your team? How many different, how many different looks can your team give another team? Um, and this is, again, this is really a playoff thing because like you want to hammer home the basics and you want to hammer home, like you want to get good at your base, like you, you know, your, your baseline, whatever you do. Um, and I think the fact that like the Knicks have a few different options as far as like, they can throw RJ Barrett at the other team's best wing player, but at the same time, they could also just stay in their base defense and, you know, they've they did that last year and it it seemed to to work pretty well like they didn't have really a defensive specialist i guess reggie billick was the closest thing to it but you know he wasn't i don't feel like he was guarding other teams point guards um so i don't know but i want to i want to see to your point about end of games i do want to see if tim shows us some flexibility some more mm -hmm. flexibility in the preseason and then obviously once the real games start so it's interesting that you called Tibbs a traditionalist and at, you know, to this point, and I'm surprised that it's not on your list. And maybe it's because we have ad nauseum discussed this, but the third thing I want to see, and honestly, the number one thing, which I thought we've made fun of you so often about this, that I'm surprised that you didn't have it on your list, but I actually want to have the conversation about OB at the five because Mitch is not going to be ready. Really? Mitch is not going to be ready for the regular season. I'm positive that Tibbs is going to go Nerlens at the starting lineup and then Taj is the backup five. And as a result, the number one thing I want to see in the preseason is if Tibbs shows any hint of give and we'll see if Obi is taking a leap and you can have him on the floor with Julius Randle. I want to see some minutes experiment in the preseason when these games don't count. He did it last season in, in the preseason. We saw it. No, oh, we, we saw it. In the, yeah. We, as best as I could tell, um, according to cleaning the glass, which I trust um, mm -hmm. again, cleaning the glass filters out garbage time minutes. So it's not foolproof. They, the, Julius and Obi played 85 or 80 something possessions at the four and the five together last season, um, which is not a sample size. That is not a commensurate sample size. That's nothing. No. Which is why when Tibbs said the other day that, um, you know, we did, those lineups didn't work well for us last year. That's one of those ones where Tibbs thinks he's sneaking one by the goalie. And it's just like, that's not going to fly. Like, if you don't want to do it, like, but then he actually followed that up by, by saying, because somebody asked him a follow-up question. He said, yeah, I'm worried about the rim protection. So that's fine. If you're worried about the rim protection, you're worried about the rim protection. It is what it is. Um, but see, but that's what I mean about being malleable. 
like that should be that should that shouldn't be their go to. It shouldn't be something we see every game, but it should be something they can do. And it should be something that like when they went to it out of desperation in game four against Atlanta in the playoffs last year, it's it shouldn't be like this. Holy shit moment. We haven't seen this all season. This They must be really shitting their pants now, which they were, obviously. But like that's not how it should be when push comes to shove. How bad were they losing when they went to it against Atlanta? It was like oh, they were the, they were late in the fourth was, quarter. They were down was, by like twenty. They they went to it. Did they go to it to start the fourth? They may. I forget if they went to it to start the fourth. If they went to it with like eight or ten minutes left in the fourth, but it only lasted for four or five minutes. It was a. It was the lead was in like the high teens. Okay, so yeah. it would probably be in in cleaning the glasses garbage time category, right? Um, that's a great question. It it might, yeah. The point might. being I'm is, I'd like sure. to see these. If garbage time, it can also be redefined as preseason. I'd like to see during these garbage time minutes over the next four games. I'd like to see it experimented with. Because so I went. I want to give a plug to Dan Favalli, who on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the host of uh, Hardwood Knox, that's also been a, a friend of the pod and been on the show before. He had me on to be the Knicks preview because he's doing a preview for all 30 teams with somebody that is part of a, the, of the content world of each team. And when he asked me about my concerns with Tibbs, do I have any? And I said, the only concern I have is the thing I love most about him is that like his hardheadedness, his stubbornness, his like Julius is playing 40 minutes, even if we're up by 37 against Detroit. Like, that's why I don't understand the Knicks regression predictions because the regular season is going to matter. It's come postseason when you're going to have to make adjustments. And like Alfred Payton's, like you're getting killed in so many different ways in the playoffs. And your only adjustment is, okay, well, then Derrick Rose is going to start. And you don't adjust anything else. You could have started Alec Burks and there's your ball handler that Reggie Bullock um, then all of a sudden uh, that, that plays for uh, Reggie Bullock. And then all of a sudden you have somebody that forces Trey to guard somebody on the dribble, you yeah. know, or off the dribble. Regardless, the point being is that I worry about Tibbs adjustments because he's so like, you're the starter, you're the backup, yeah. the starters play, then the backups play. And yeah. it's why I want to see Deuce McBride get some minutes and see if he can, you can experiment with an 11 man rotation experiment with RJ and four, four backups experiment yeah. with a small ball five that have not necessarily five out like Jeremy's talking about, but with a guy that a center that can stretch the floor. So that way the lanes are opened up for an RJ or a Kemba or a Fournier. I, I think two things, one for any, and this is, I'm not saying this isn't a valid complaint. It is a valid complaint, but, and I, I feel like I echoed this sentiment several times after games mm. last year that they may have lost and people were frustrated. This team needed this organization needed a gut renovation and you, you, you don't rush the pouring of the foundation when you are doing, when you are taking a, a, a taking something from the ground up and they were taking this thing from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to establish that consistency and that baseline and just to kind of let everybody on the roster know, like, this is your role. This is your job. If you do your job and you do what is asked of you, you're like, like you're going to be in a good spot. And I feel like every, a lot of people appreciated that, which is why Alec Burks wanted to come back here. Nerland's Noel wanted to come back here. Derek Rose wanted to like, you know, you could say, yes, they paid these guys, of course, but Julius Randle, mm-hmm. obviously, sign on long term. Long-term, yeah. Um, I think guys like that consistency. And I feel like when situations around the league go wrong, I, I maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like you often hear things ab- about like players don't like how their roles are uncertain, like maybe starting one minute and coming off the bench the next minute and they'll play this amount of minutes one night and this amount of minutes. Like you don't get that with tips. But at the, the 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 next stage of NBA team evolution, right after you have poured that foundation and built the walls and like put on the roof, is like okay, we've built up that level of trust now to the point 
all around, we've built up that level of trust to the point that um, guys will understand like, okay, you've done, you've played your role. You've done everything asked of you and you still might not play a lot of minutes tonight because tonight is not a night where we need your skill set as much as we need somebody else's skill set in, in conjunction with, you know, I don't know, are we going to get there this year? And who knows, maybe Tibbs is a guy that just like doesn't think that that's ever worth doing. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I guess. And that's, and look, to be clear, I love Tibbs. I'm very glad he's the coach. I'm very glad that the issues I have with him are not like, does he know what he's doing? Like I have with <laughs> previous Knicks administrations. It's there are nitpicks I have that I wish he would do differently. But the overall is good. I think the Knicks are going to win at least 46 games this year. I don't think there's a world where they're not a playoff team this year. This is now the next step, as you mentioned, in our evaluation as people that watch this team yeah. over and over. We're now no longer can this team get to the playoffs. It's now, well, can you be flexible that when you get to the playoffs, it's not we the Hawks do these three things and never have to go to the third plan on that list. Yeah. Cause it was funny yeah. looking at that scouting report that the Hawks had that they did that like plan a, and it just, no, worked, and nothing else was there left to be done. It's like, Oh, this is working. We'd never have yeah. to adjust a second time. You know, I don't, I don't know that the Knicks had that much else to go to last year because that was an incredibly limited roster. There was mm -hmm. a reason that roster was picked to win 21 and a half games. Um, this year, I think they have some things that they could do. So, you know, this is the test. Um, I'll just say that I don't know that Tibbs has ever had a season where he didn't go as far as in the playoffs as he should have. Um, I know he gets knocked, but I want to, I want to see what happens this year. And who knows? They may not be favored to win in the first round in this, in this season. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not even sure that would make the, the season a failure, but um you know, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so, we're two weeks away from our preseason, our full like regular our, yes, season predictions. Yes. Okay. So. Um, last thing I'm going to ask you off off the cuff. I'm going to spring this on you. Okay. What do you think a week from now we're going to be? The fan base is going to be clutching their pearls about after what two preseason Ooh, games? Clutching their pearls. Um, two, will Will we have played two or three? We play Tuesday. We play. They play Tuesday and they play Saturday. Okay, so two yeah, they don't play again until next Saturday. So by the time when when we have Jeremy back and we record next Sunday, um, they will play two games. And you know, I gotta be honest, clutching. I don't think th there's no scapegoat. I don't know who would rationally anybody be complaining about. Like the only thing I could think of is like Julius, like the worst case scenario, Julius shows some regression, like goes, goes. So Julius has some bad games. Yeah. Like he goes three for 11 and then two for 10 in two from three. And it's like, oh, the three point <laughs> shooting is regressing. All the experts were right. Here we go. RJ shows two games where he is nine and seven points. Like, and these are not things I think will happen, but if you're yeah. asking me a scenario where people will clutch their pros, I think people are just, and this is where I'll give Knicks fans a lot of credit. We're very in tuned to like what this team needs. And there's no like Emmanuel quickly overreaction that will happen in the. Pre oh, okay. You know what? what? There's the, there's the clutching pearls. Emmanuel quickly plays 12 minutes in game one, 14 minutes in game two. Obi plays seven and 13. And it's like, so this is it. Tibbs is going to run his guys into the ground from the preseason on. There's your okay. I found it. That I was gonna, people will unreal will un irrationally and unnecessarily complain about next some by next Sunday. I think um, if any player, it doesn't even matter who the player is, went like you know four for twenty two over the combined first two games. I think people would be like, ah, gotta gotta bench him. Um, can I ask be, you a doomsday question? Uh, sure. Quite, can I spring one on you? Sure. So. I think there's there's an obvious answer to this, but like of the like if there's an injury that happens, if there's yeah. one injury that could change the entire mood of this season, I just like obviously Julius is probably so let's just take Julius out because that's the obvious one. Who's the injury that <laughs> if we're saying, damn, this guy went down by this time next Sunday? 
who would it be? Like, is it RJ? Like RJ? Like, you know what's? You know what's a funny? Injury. You know what's? It's this is so funny. I, RJ would be the that would be if like RJ like I don't even want to say it out loud, but if like right. RJ suffered a serious knee injury or something, that would be that would be the the worst mm-hmm. in turn for the fan base. I'm not sure if it would be the biggest detriment to the team. I think the, that would be the thing that the fan base would be most upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what would be the big, biggest detriment to the team, I think it would probably be, be, I think it would be probably Randall. No, it would be Randall. Yeah, that's the obvious one. Like Randall goes down, we're looking but, at, we should go to Vegas and take the under instead. But in turn, well, yeah, but it's so funny you say that because like, oh, because then Obi slots in and then John gets his wish. I, no, I just, <laughs> it's like, because Julius is locked up. And like I would of all the things, if you want to tell me to talk about spin cycle, John, you want to talk about all the things I'd be able to put spin on. Julius being like, okay, Julius is locked up for like as long as it wasn't a, an injury that like actually, but like he's not even dependent on his athleticism. That's why it's fun. Like he's locked up for the next however many years. Um, he's all set. It would immediately take a lot of the pressure off. You know, the season, obviously, it would change the whole trade landscape. Are they going to trade for a superstar? But actually, it would it would burst that bubble as well, because all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, you know, it would suck. Don't get me wrong. It would suck. But we would get to see Julius or uh, Obi rather. Um, no, the th- if Kemba went down mm-hmm. in the preseason, that's it, it the would, same answer as me. That would be. I just I'm so, so excited to see what he looks like. I'm so excited. There's yeah. a there's a ceiling on that. They. If Kemba shows up in his all-star Kemba, if there's all of a sudden a world where like we're sitting here on the all-star selection night where they're picking the teams and the oh, and he's have, in that conversation. I think have two two potential all-stars because they're, <laughs> you know, at that point, like 26 and 10, you know, then like we're looking at the like a pretty special season. And well, that's where a- the seeds could be planted if we see them start to click in the pre. So now you're having that's a different conversation because now if if they're 26 and 10 on the night of all-star selection show, whatever the hell they would be at that, mm-hmm. something like that. Who's the second guy that we're talking about? Are you sure it's Kemba? Uh, that's what I'm projecting is that, well, listen, if, if Kemba's the third all-star, uh, like all-star in the sense of like the third most important player on the team, because yeah. RJ's taking a leap, yeah. then yeah, we're looking at, uh, I, I would expect them to be like 30 and six then at that point. Cause now they have, like four oh weapons. At, listen, Jesus I'm just, Christ. I'm just saying like for a team that's going to take the regular season as serious as I think they will, you know, there's no, there's no nights off with the Knicks. There's no load management. I would like them to because of said injury concerns for Kemba Walker and Derek yeah. Rose, but we'll see. Talk about well-timed tweet. Jonathan Wasserman, our, our main man, Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report, who comes on and, and talks about the draft, uh, mm-hmm. just tweeted out, Rokas Jacobatis, Knicks drafted stash guy with Barcelona, scored 22 points in 18 minutes today after going five for five for 12 points in his EuroLeague debut on Friday. Man, the Knicks <laughs> just keep... Just, all we do is win. So I have... One last question, and we can wrap sure. with this, John. Yes. Okay. Um, and I hinted at this on the Patreon, and you've teased it a bit over the last couple of weeks, but this is episode 398. Yes. And are you excited for episode 400, which I know who's on it. John knows who's on it. Very few people. Because I've already know. interviewed the person. Right. I know. And John, <laughs> uh, like, I'm just, are you excited for the world to hear what I think is the biggest? name you've had on the show um yes uh i'm excited i'm excited because i think um i think it was a really good good conversation and i Mm -hmm. think it was really i felt like i got a lot out of it um you know not but not just because i got to talk to the person um which was obviously something i'll Thank you for being vague. I I like to keep this as surprising. I I cannot wait to drop the screenshot um later this week. Yeah, but, that'll be fun. You know, um, as, like listen, as a broadcast journalism graduate, like Mike Breen will always be my number one personally for like person whose face I got to edit in Adobe. But what happened this week or I guess last week is still like 
yeah, I can't argue. This is the biggest name Nick's Film School has ever had on their show. And you can hear episode 400 of the Nick's Film School podcast this Friday at midnight and anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch it on the KFS YouTube channel where you can also check out uh, uh, two post-game, well, I guess one post-game live stream between now and Wednesday because Tuesday night is a game and we will be, well, you will be live on the YouTube after talking we'll all about live. it. And I'm very excited about that. It'll be uh, good to get the, get the, uh, I don't know, dust the cobwebs. Dust the, dust, uh, dust we the did cobwebs. a, we, I mean, people saw you do a Take it out stream. for a spin. Take yeah, it out for a spin. You're taking yeah. the old, old YouTube out for a spin. The old YouTube out for a spin. There you yeah, go. I know. It's going to be fun. Um, thank you, Andrew, for stepping in for Jeremy. Of course. Jeremy, and, I, best wishes on your vacation and yeah. let's go Red Sox. <laughs> I'm not going to comment. And uh, of course, thank you everybody out there for uh, checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Um, as always, if you like the show, uh, leave a re review, rate it, um, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, and uh, hopefully they could do the same as well. And uh, we will be back with you with uh, another episode on Wednesday. And of course, as Andrew said, uh, the live stream after the game on Tuesday night. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.